What's going on, guys? Welcome to today's podcast on the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Rena Lang on the show today. Rena, welcome to the show. I always do that. I always forget to turn the volume off. (laughs) So how are you doing? Doing great. Fantastic. I always like to start off the podcast with a brief biography about you. I'm like who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Sure. So I'm a mind and brain power coach. And um, I started my career as everybody else studying, chasing the carrot. Um, I became um, a consultant. And at some point, I got my dream job. And I was making all the money I wanted to make. Then uh, my mind and brain started breaking down. I started realizing that I, w- I was beginning to forget things. I would join uh, client meetings and I would not know um, what was just discussed. So I used to go into client meetings and record conversations on the phone, listening to them. And I really started realizing that something was not right with my mind. And so this kind of like take, took me down the, the path of exploring my, the mind and the brain and just generally mind and brain health. Many people think they'll get um, to their 50s and then it's kind of like a normal way of of, of um, doing things, you know, that the mind and brain starts breaking down, we start forgetting more and more things. We uh, we live our lives using post-its and reminders and such, and it's just a normal way of doing things. But uh, to me, it happened in my early 30s, so I didn't have the luxury of actually just waiting it out and maybe somehow trying to get to my retirement. I had to pivot and I had to do something about it. And so that's what kind of like took me on this journey for the last seven years of exploring all kinds of different ways, learning techniques, modalities and such to heal my brain. And I'm happy to report that I'm the smartest I've ever been. So and that's what I would like to talk to you about is about mind and brain health and what you can do to help yourself too. Fantastic. I mean, that, that is great. I mean, you're right. And like, uh, I think everything starts with the mind. So what I want to ask you is, I mean, obviously you said, you know, that most people expect to get uh, into their fifties and things are normal. And, you know what I mean? And that happened to you earlier, right? So like, I mean, growing up, did you ever see yourself getting into this kind of industry? Like, like I, I, I came from the old traditional, you know, go to school, get a good education, get a good job. And, you know, that traditional thing. And, and then you just work for 30 years at the same company. And, you know, we all know that's bull crap today. But when I grew up, that was what was preached. And to be honest, a lot of people still preach that. And that's okay, because that's the way we're programmed, I guess, you know, but some of us, you know, have uh, woken up and have seen beyond those borders and want to create our own life, our own path, and want to help others. And like, what age did you, like, like, did you see yourself going through the corporate America or, you know what I mean, like working that nine to five or was it something like you always knew it wasn't for you? No, I, at some point I made conscious choices to get myself into it because I was promised the promised land of happiness that I was going to be happy because I think everybody who's listening to this live cast and everybody, all we want is just, we want to be happy. That's all we want. And that's what I thought I was going to get. And um, we get conditioned to desire and to want certain things. Like, you know, as children, we are creative and we're playing and we have all those dreams and goals. But then 
a lot of dreams and goals we believe we can't actually monetize it we can't actually make a living living on that and so we start making other choices and we get we compare to like compare to whatever that word is (laughs) (laughs) into whatever it is that um, um, you know the society has defined there are just this many things you can actually study and in my case for instance I ever since I was growing up I was feeling like I wasn't smart enough so I had to extra compensate for it by studying harder than everybody else because I wanted to be in the best in the class because many people fear um, when it comes to their intellectual ability, inferior. And we just think, okay, I, I wasn't born with the golden spoon of intelligence. I'm not a little Einstein, you know, and we just think this is how it's always going to be. You know, so, you know, our intelligence increases throughout our childhood, our teenage years, 20s, and then at some point it just plateaus. And this is what we get to keep. There is, the, we, we reach that threshold and there's nothing we can do to break it. And many people think that intelligence is accumulating knowledge, learning and learning. And we are like information junkies, isn't it? And we're consuming so much knowledge, but then we're actually realizing the more information we consume, the less we know. Yeah. Something is That's wrong, true. but something is not working out. That makes sense. And that's the thing. Like what I, what I found, what I'm curious to know is, because I mean, you always said that, you know, basically you didn't feel that you were uh, the smartest one or, you know, you had certain, it's almost like, like you were crippled by, you know, or held back somehow. My, my curiosity is that how come you felt that way? Like what, what was the uh, triggering factor that made you feel that? I think it's what I try to uh, kind of like also educate my clients about. We were born amazing. We're incredible, beautiful, divine beings and we're amazing. Every single one of us is so different, so unique. No, there are no two people on this planet that are the same. We're amazing. But then as we're growing up, people start telling us being amazing is not enough. How about a washed down version of it, which is perfect. And to become perfect, you got to do something. Amazing is this how, kind of like being state. You were born with it. Remember the last time you held a newborn baby? This is a miracle, divine being. And they're amazing. There's nothing they need to do to be amazing. But then we entrench it in them. Being amazing is not enough. How about perfect? And then to be perfect, you got to do something. And I totally bought in into this whole BS of trying to be perfect. And somebody gives you that stamp of approval. Yeah, you got that great, you know, perfect. But no, you didn't live up to my expectations. So you're constantly, it's very kind of like outgoing. Like you let other people to decide who you are. And that's why there is so much imposter syndrome and lack of self-esteem going on because we completely disempowered ourselves. We've given other people the right to define who we are and then we buy in into those, those beliefs. And so because I wanted to be perfect, I wanted to be liked, I wanted success, whatever success the society told me, whatever success is being valued, which is titles and money and whatever wealth you get to accumulate. And I was realizing that as I was trying, to, to live up to all those expectations, I actually fried my brain several times in the process. I get several, several bro- burnouts in my 20s. And eventually it led me to depression because I was questioning everything. Like, how come I've, I've gotten that degree? I've gotten that job. I'm making that money. I'm accumulating these things. And you promised me, like, you promised me I was going to be happy. And that's the only thing I actually was asking from, from the beginning. And then I, I'm not getting it. So I went through this whole depression. It's kind of like waking up to, to the whole reality that there's nothing, nothing that they tell me I need to do, like get a house, get married, get children, like let them buy into that house, get married and get children um, belief. But 
lucky for me, but I just realized it's never going to end. I'm never going to be happy. So I had to actually stop and pull a plug on everything, disconnect, leave for a year and find back to myself because I was like, didn't know if I like pizza, pasta, green or yellow. I was completely lost because I was com completely lost in other people's expectations, beliefs and such. And then I had to take that one year off. I went meditating. I went to yoga and Buddhist temples and you name it, just to find back to myself and just to rest. It's just kind of like get to know myself better and get back to that amazing state that I was talking from the beginning. And this is the state from which I'm trying to live my life now. And so it has much to do with the mind and brain because we are so sucked into other people's realities. We are so programmed. And right. Now... Do you, going back, do you remember that day that you just decided enough is enough? Like, do you remember what you were doing, how it hit you? Or was it uh, one of those things that's just little by little by little, you know, it happened? Well, I, was, or I was depressed for a long time. And seven years ago, March, seven years ago, um, I had insomnia for three weeks. I couldn't sleep for three weeks and I didn't know why. And then one morning I just woke up. It's like, you got to learn meditation. And this was one of the lowest points of my life as well. And I just had this like clear idea. I woke up and there was this idea, you got to learn meditation. I'm like, okay, what, what's this meditation thing? I've never had anything to do with it, didn't know what it is. Let me ask on Facebook. And then somebody recommended a course to me. And then I started learning meditation. That was the pivot, the, everything that, that changed my life completely. And for a long time, the only thing I was asking of the universe, whatever, it's can I please be happy? And now the only thing I ask, can I please be free? And it's not about freeing, being free physically. It's about free, being free in my mind. Nobody gets to mess with my mind anymore. One thing that I realized when I did like my Vipassana 10-day meditation, you know, where you sit in silence and observe your mind, is how little thought there was. Many people think they think, but they don't. It's just emotions with a little bit of thought smeared on top of it, and that's it. It's just as resenting, fearing, processing, yeah, I should have said this, I should have, could have, would have, fearing the future. It's all pure emotional thinking, thinking, and it's not true thought. There is no groundbreaking idea. There is no inspiration. There is nothing that when, when you really see, hear somebody think, it's like kind of like inspires. It's kind of like there's something energetically just how the thought is charged and you just know, wow, this is like amazing. But how many people can tell about themselves that they have produced five thoughts like that in the whole life, very few. And when you start realizing that, you see that a lot of the thought, how we think, oh, these people are bad, these are people good, and all those cliches and all those parroting after other people, we think it's thinking, but it's not. We just were conditioned to, or, or we were, it was all entrenched in us. And we, we live our life just reacting to whatever has been implanted in us. And when I started having a closer look at what's happening in my, in my energy body, what's happening in my thought world, I realized, okay, this sounds like my mother, this sounds like my father, this sounds like my grandmother, this sounds like my teacher. Okay, where, where am I in all of this? And that's why it's, it's all about cleaning yourself up, letting go so that unique, your true thought can happen. But many people, they're quite happy to surrender the thought to somebody else because they think, well, my teacher can think better than I, my parents can think better than I, the priest can think better than I, politicians can think better than I. But I guarantee you, if you surrender your thought process, the decision-making process to somebody else, they'll not make decisions in your favor. I guarantee. That makes sense. Now, it sounds like you're saying that the major problem that led you to depression is really, like what it comes down to, if I have to make it in one statement, is 
that you basically lost who you were. My amazingness. Yeah. I, I, I like your example about, you know, when we're born, we have this little perfection. Nobody finds any flaws. I mean, we grow up with the sense of curiosity, the sense of adventure. Then somewhere along the line, that changes. Right? So you're absolutely right. And again, it all starts with mindset. It all starts with your mind. And what you absorb is what you become. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and you're right. Imposter syndrome is real. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, I think we have our all, we all have our own uniqueness. And I think once we get out there and find it is that's when we can start giving and building and building our futures and building, you know, a sense elevating who we are. So you're absolutely right about that. And start by knowing thyself, like know thyself, because the only way other people get you write your story, if you don't know yourself, like these days, people can tell all kinds of things about me. I'm like, that's not me. wash off it's it's not gonna stick and that's not me and that's not me i get to define who i am nobody gets to define me but we are so like into other people's faces like tell me who i am tell me do you like me if i do this if i fake this if i behave this if i smile like that are you gonna like me that's how i was i was i was so intuitive i was so perceiving of how, how people see me how they feel about me, that I was anything and everything for everybody. Like for John, I'll be this. For my sister, I'll be that. For my friend, I'll be this. And I was nothing at all because I was constantly playing that role. And some of you might be empaths and some of you are maybe also very attuned to how people feel and think about you. And you're trying to be all these different roles, faces for other people. That's where you get exhausted. And that's where you, at some point, look at yourself in the mirror and like, who the hell am I? Am I the funny one? Am I the depressed one? Am I the needy one? Am I the strong one? Like, depending on who you are with, you're playing all those different roles. And that's losing yourself again. The, Which is the true. The fewer people actually like you. That's the, That was the ultimate uh, bottom line of the whole faking. The more I faked it, the fewer people actually liked me. And now the more I'm just like, I don't care what you think about me. This is this is the package. This is how I come. The more people actually like you because then they say, oh, my God, you're authentic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, you know, I mean, a lot of people use that word today. You know, authentic is a buzzword. But the reality is. I think true growth comes when you start being real, when you start being authentic. So you're absolutely right on that. Now, let me ask you something. How did you come across this? I mean, because typically when people, like when people come out of their funk or they start to wanting to change, getting the business that you got into isn't the normal traditional path that people just come across, right? Like they didn't just wake up one day and just say, hey, I want to help people with their minds. I don't want to, I want to start getting into coaching. Usually you have like, it's not the traditional path. Usually something leads you to that. Like there's a catalyst that makes you find it. Something that, you know, how did you find this industry? Like, I mean, besides going through it, you went through it. So obviously you realized there was a problem, but. First off, I made the decision that I never, ever want to work for anybody else. So once I made the decision, second thing, I wanted to monetize my gifts and skills. That's very important. The more you know yourself, the more there will be certain gifts and skills that you will start perceiving and not necessarily like intuitive gifts and skills, not just like, okay, if I'm being myself and being a Star Wars geek is what I love. Can I do a podcast on that? It's like, what is it that I geek out on? What is it that I love doing? And 
it's kind of like building a bridge back to your childhood because I suppressed my childhood for like 15 years or 20 years or so. And all the things I used to do or love to do when I was a child, it's kind of like I completely suppressed it. Like I'm, I'm grown up now. I'm doing the grown up stuff now. And I don't like drawing. I don't like writing anymore, you know. And actually going back to discovering my own creativity and what is it that my unique creativity allows me to contribute to the tapestry of this universe, of this world, and rediscovering it. And that's the beauty of the 21st century. No matter what you, what the secret little uh, guilty pleasures you have that you do behind closed doors, whatever it is, everything can be monetized. Everything can be turned into something that you will find like-minded people who love it and who are more than happy to pay money for it find discover it and that's when i realized i heard this uh, this statement many many times you know like when you do something that you're passionate about that gives you joy you never have to work in your in your life again so everything is just like pl play enjoy and i couldn't quite understand what it meant but in my case when i started kind of like writing again children's book um letting the creative juices flow and exploring that thing and that's one of the things that i highly recommend to anyone is Claim back your mornings. Claim back your mornings. You cannot influence the day. You, can, you don't know what you're going to do in the evenings. But the mornings you can influence. If you need to get up one hour earlier to engage in whatever creative um, uh, endeavor you want to engage, then do this. Carve out 20 minutes, 10 minutes. If you start your day on something that is like the cherry on the pie, don't leave the cherry on the pie until the end of the day. Do it in the beginning of the day. Whatever it is that you love, that will make you when I wake up in the morning and you will be energized because you know something awesome is awaiting you and you're going to be doing that. And that will actually also follow you throughout the day. If you're a business owner and you engage in your intuitive, like kind of like creative juices, they will keep flowing. They will keep benefiting you also throughout the day while you're working on your business. So basically to, to actually land in whatever niche you land, whatever you decide doing, be it coaching, be it whatever other business, I always say you need to examine your life. Your life prepared you for whatever you end up, you're meant to do, you were meant to do. There is no need to look for something else and upgrade your skills and whatever. If you're already a certain age, 30 plus, whatever, you already have enough wisdom, enough information, even if you're younger. I mean, some, some kids start their businesses when they're like really, really young. But those of you who are a bit older, you already have enough information, enough experience, enough to start mixing and, and combining and start developing some sort of a niche, some sort of a product, some sort of a service around it. But it's you need to take your past life into your business. That would be my biggest advice. Take your past life into your business and maybe talk to someone, have a, have a group together, brainstorm around it, see what can be, how it can be mixed and mashed because your life is so unique. Nobody has exactly that point of view, that experience, that those skills like you have. And I guarantee you in today's world, you will be able to sell it. You will be able to sell it. You will be able to find, find people who are like-minded, will be inspired by it. And maybe it's the challenges that you've experienced, like me, like what, the story that I've told you, me struggling mentally and like no focus, procrastinating, drinking coffee for an hour before I was ready to open my very first email, forgetting what was discussed, thinking I'm the stupidest person in the, on the team. But then out of that pain, out of that challenge, I, I had to do something about it because I was still so young. And I, I needed to find a way. And I'm like, okay, if I don't heal my mind, this is game over. There's nothing I will ever be able to do because I can't wake, 
how I'm supposed to make money, you know, how I'm supposed to, to, to survive, you know, and it forced me to look into, you can find ways and experiment. And actually the, the way this niche came about is when I read the book, Stealing Fire. And I highly advise you read that book because when I read that book, I realized we're entering the mind and brain hacking age. This is what the 21st century is going to be all about. It's it, as more and more of us, we're moving into this whole like space of, where we're selling our knowledge, our know-how, our experiences, the money is being made here. As we're moving more and more into that space, many people think, okay, well, I'm stuck in a job I hate, but in a few years, I'm going to retire. And then I'm going to like start a new business. And I'm finally going to do what I want to do. Guess what? The mind starts breaking down and they become completely irrelevant because the world is shifting and changing so fast. Every day, look how, 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 how much the world has changed just in the last two years. What else is going to happen to us? We don't know what the future holds. But what I know is that you must start taking care of your mind and brain today. Today. Not like when you turn 50, because the studies show that people who have Alzheimer, dementia and such, the brain starts breaking down 30 years earlier. If you think you'll wait until you're 50 and then you're going to start taking care of your mind health, think again. Think again. It happened to me in my early 30s. It might be happening to you already. You just don't know. And it's so much harder to heal the brain, to heal the mind when it's already, the, the, the deterioration is, has progressed too much. So, and with all that's happening, all this overwhelm, do you think it's going to get easier? It's not. No, for sure. I mean, I believe you're either growing or you're dying in life. There's no staying the same. There's no coasting. Like, I mean, and when you don't make a decision, that is making a decision, right? So what like, do you need the most for growing? What is it that you need the most for growth? You action. Need, you need your brain. Yeah. Well, for action, you need your mind and you need your brain because otherwise there is no action. Yeah. You have to decide to do something and then do it. That's what it comes down to. But you have to be in the right mindset. Otherwise, you won't. So that's what it comes down to. Now, you're saying, you know, you're talking about schedules and stuff in the morning, which made me wonder, what does your typical day look like? So my typical day, wake up, shower, meditate. So I spend the first hour meditating, first hour, one hour and a half. And that sets me up for success. And I also combine it with like yoga. So I do yoga and writing. So I try to fit in a bit of writing as well. Because as I was saying, um, that opening yourself to that creative flow, being in the flow, it's like my, my cherry on the pie. You know, if I can fit in 20 minutes, half an hour, one hour, and I set an alarm, whatever time I have, I set an alarm so that I don't have to worry, stress, nothing. I can be completely in the flow and the energies are flowing, the ideas are flowing and such. And by the time the alarm rings, I move on to my, my work, my meetings, my podcast, whatever it is that I'm doing, clients and such. And I'm still in that energy. And I actually really look forward to my mornings. I look forward to waking up. I look forward to the next day. It's not like, oh my God, another Friday or another Monday, no. It's like, yay, I get to wake up and I get to do something that I want. And it's, again, it's chipping away every single day, chipping away on the things that don't give me joy, letting them go and doing more and more and more of what I enjoy. So if I can do 80% of what I enjoy a day and 20% maybe we have something that I don't enjoy, then I know it's been a great, great day. And that's what actually being self-employed allows you to do. But of course, the precursor to that is figuring out what is it that you're passionate about, what you enjoy, what energizes you, what you love doing, what you're passionate about, 
what aligns with your life purpose, like what, whatever life has prepared you to do. You know, like I mentioned, the, the um, book Stealing Fire. When I read it, I'm like, oh my God, this is, these people are hacking their brains and you're using meditation and plant medicine and whatnot to kind of like unleash and unlock the higher levels of intuition, higher levels of, of um, altered states and such. And military does that too, not only people in the Silicon Valley, because that the book was more about the people in the Silicon Valley, how, how they're really unlocking and unleashing. And we think of them like, wow, they're superhumans. They're like incredible, incredibly intelligent people. No, they're doing something and we can do it too. So that's kind of like there, nobody has monopoly on, on the mind. Nobody can say and, you know, yes, they have more money. They may they have maybe eat better food and such. But actually, a lot of the things, it's all in the, in our minds and we can use our minds to heal. And you don't need much money for that. True, true. So that's pretty good. Um, every, you know what, let, let's be honest. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It's never a straight path. It's always up and down, up and down, up and down. And there's many challenging times where sometimes we get into a business or we get into a job, whichever one it is, we get into a point and there's somewhere along the line sometimes, even when you love it, you get in that challenging time, you start thinking, hmm, did I make the right choice? Did you ever have, like, did you have that? And how did you deal with it? The thing is this, I pivot all the time. I constantly reinvent myself because I love discovering new things and I love creating. I keep creating and creating and now I'm creating a book and now I'm creating this and I'm creating this new program and I'm now creating this new and this this coaching niche doesn't satisfy me. No, I want to do this. No, I want to be on TV. I want to be this. And it's kind of like constantly reinventing and growing to the next level. I think if you're looking for like a business and you can just sit on your laurels and money's just going to come in and just going to do over and over and over and over and over the same thing like you do when you're in corporate, uh, you know, often time just flies by and they know oh, there's not much challenge. There's not much, in, much interesting stuff happening. Being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. And yes, there are times, there are days, of course, there are sometimes days where I'm like, okay, um, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy this client. You know, how can I get out of it? And that's the freedom that I have. I can actually get out of it. I can actually make a different choice. And to me, it's kind of like every single time when I hit that roadblock, when there is something that I don't enjoy, it means time to up level, time to up level. Okay, what's the next thing I'm going to enjoy? What's the next thing I would love doing? What's the next thing I can bring in that maybe I can let go of this and that's going to make me more money. And usually that's how it is. The, whatever the thing that I don't enjoy any, any longer, I remove it. And then I create something else. And I create something else. And we are creators. And that's why I want to be free. Remember I was saying that the only thing I ask of the universe is I want to be free. Because when I'm no longer wrapped up in other people's energy stories programs, I can finally start creating I can finally start be becoming the creator of my life. Like so many people are afraid of me. Oh, you're, I, I live in Mexico, by the way. So you're traveling, you're this, you're here, you're, you're starting this business. And I would never do that. That's too scary. Um, you know, uh, why are you doing this? They doubt, you know, other people's limitations are no longer my limitations. And that's what for me freedom is, is breaking through other people's limitations, family limitations, friend circle limitations. Like we are the, the, the five, six people, but we, we constantly meet, right? We are the six closest people to us, that's the, who we are. But actually right. breaking, sometimes it's scary, breaking out of that mold and maybe leaving your friends behind, leaving your family behind. But I am all about creating. 
and some other people's limitations are not my limitations is breaking through those limitations and start creating and start living beyond. And this is something we see many people do and we admire them. People who are extremely successful, how they will be able to, despite their background, despite what they knew, despite what their, their starting point was in, in life, they still were able to outgrow and outsmart and out uh, succeed and out up level uh, everybody else, <clears throat> everybody else they started with. And we admire them. How can they do? They just decide something and it's done. They decide and it's done. And, but I love, I love reading biographies and it gives me so much kind of like desire. Okay. Well, I felt I was this small. I can never do anything for a long, long time. That's how I, I felt. That's why I think I also was depressed among other things, because I thought, I thought when I was a child, I thought everything's possible. People told me everything is possible, but then nothing was possible. And I'm just settling for this corporate job, for this money, for the steady paycheck. And I give up my dreams. But actually, my, my mind brain issue was actually a blessing in disguise because it pushed me out of the corporate career. It made me look for solutions, find solutions, and ultimately free myself and be able to do what I love doing. Which makes sense. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, it, it's great. It's like you always have to push beyond your boundaries. And it's like you said, that's that's how you find yourself, how you find strength and how you find joy, mm -hmm. right? It's just doing what and you want, knows. not what other Maybe in five years, I'm going to be an actress. Who knows? Maybe in five years, I'm going to be a movie. Who knows? Movie director. Who knows? Maybe I will be an astronaut. Who knows? <laughs> I just that's don't see myself. I, I, I think I'm going to change my career several times still depending on where my interests lie and that's the beauty where when you are in that space of creating you create something new and you experience your own creations you're like okay what does it feel like what does it feel like having a family let's check it out what does it feel like being an astronaut let's check it out you know what does it feel like being a millionaire let's check it out you know see what it's like it's no longer just like this is uh, you know how far i get because all my friends got until uh, up to this level and this is how things have to be no it's about what next can I create for myself? What could, what else could be fun? That's true. And again, even going with the whole friends things, like you said, you're the five or six people you surround yourself with. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is a lot of times those five or six people change. As you grow or they grow, depending on which, you become in different places in life. And as a result... You guys are on the same path. You're on the same uh, vision. So people grow apart. I mean, it, it can go just beyond friendships. It can go, like you said, family. I mean, it can even go in marriages. I mean, like, <laughs> divorces are extremely high. Why? I mean, nobody got married to say, hey, I'm going to be here in 10 years, and I'm going to go the opposite path you did. Right? Like, that doesn't happen. But it does happen. I mean, like, nobody thinks it could happen. But sometimes somebody's more ambitious than the other person. And you see, by growing beyond, you actually give other people permission to grow beyond too. Which means that, for instance, um, outgrowing other people. Sometimes, yes, you disconnect. You disconnect and you are fall apart and you're no longer uh, with, with those people. But then guess what? A couple of years later, they actually connect back with you. And they're like, I've been following you all these years. Like, you succeeded. You inspire me. Maybe I should give myself that a try, you know, a chance too. And eventually, a few years later, when they've lived that kind of like life and they fell behind, eventually they get inspired to follow you, to connect with you and see, can you help me? How did you get there? And I see myself as inspiration. The more I give myself permission to grow beyond, the more I give other people's permission to do the same. So that's the beauty about it. 
For sure. Now everything comes with habit. Right cable, my battery is running low, but I'll I'll listen to you. <laughs> Sorry, I I can hear you still. Oh no worries. Yeah, all I was gonna say was that um, a lot of times change in habits. I mean, change comes, you know, through changing your habits. So I was just gonna ask you, how does uh, what are some of the uh, habits you created, and how did you get into creating the habits? Well, first off, what is a habit to you? To me, habit is a conditioning. It's a routine. It's something that you do. And I'm not a big fan of habits, to be honest, because it's, again, it's, again, kind of like putting boxes around yourself. You have to keep yourself in check. You have to keep yourself routine. What I am advocating is actually unleashing yourself. What many people don't know is that energy crystallizes. Energy crystallizes. A lot of those thought patterns, they crystallize. That's why the world doesn't change because people change. The ch world changes because people die. And we see it so perfectly in the world that we, we are having right now, how people are polarized in opinions that aren't even theirs. These are opinions they picked up sometimes in their first seven years of life. And now they're 70 years old and they're still running the same broken LPs. That's why when we look at children, for them it's like your truth is correct and my truth is correct. They can reconcile, they can see different points of views because for them, there is no polarity. As we get older, as we get older, we start, you know, our, our mind slows down because of that energy. It crystallizes in your chakras, it crystallizes in your mind. And, and we start seeing everything black and white, right or left, you know, yes, no. And talk to somebody who's a bit older, maybe 70 plus, talk to them and you will easily see what, I'm, what I mean. And so it happens to us. And actually, this habits to me, it's again, it's kind of like I get up every, every day at 6 p.m. And if I wake up at 6.05, the world is going down, right? It's not about habits, perhaps. It's about unleashing yourself, breaking down those habits, breaking down whatever molds, whatever energies there are, and, and making your energy fluidic again. That's why Buddhists, in Buddhists, they advocate like the childlike mind. What is a childlike mind? A childlike mind is very flexible, fluidic. Um, open uh, thinking out of the box nothing there is no right and wrong everything is possible it's not conditioned so to me when you are in that childlike mind you know the more you unleash the more you heal your, yourself energetically your mind becomes very very fluidic and at the same time you the more authentic you are you just know what's right what's wrong what's good for you what's not you you start making choices for yourself, like if I eat this, I see my body is, is, is not feeling well, maybe I should stop doing that. And you're no longer kind of like wrapped up in your emotions. A lot of our bad habits, they're just an, an expression of some sort of, some sort of an unhealed trauma, something that has happened to us and makes us do things to our detriment, not to our advantage. And that's why I was saying, you know, very few people think it's all about emotions, traumas past, future, fears, stress. And then we, we are self-destructive when we're in that state, you know? And that's something that I definitely was seeing happening to myself also when I was going through my depression. Um, my relationships was, were terrible. You know, I had lots and lots of relationship issues and I had all kinds of bad habits, like, you know, not talking to people when, when uh, you know, when they, um, when they upset me and such. But slowly but surely, the more I healed myself, I just know, you know, it's not about habits. It's about knowing what's right for you and what's not right for you. It's right for me. I feel better if I get up at 6 
6 a.m. and I do my meditation. I just know my day is going to be so much better. So I make choices to my advantage. It's no longer like self-destructive. I have to force myself. And that's why many habits, they actually don't stick and we, we, don't, we don't actually continue with those habits. We give up and we beat ourselves up. We feel horrible about ourselves, but then actually analyze that habit. Was that habit actually in the first place to your advantage based on your, your state of consciousness that, that you're in? Maybe perhaps that, that habit wasn't, wasn't that good habit in the first place. Yeah, but again, it's there's still habits. I mean, like for example, you say you woke up and do meditation every day. That's still a habit. It well, doesn't mean it's a bad habit, but it's still a habit. And, it's, and maybe it's a true. habit that you cho- chose, not a habit that you're forced to do, but it's still a habit, right? But for instance, if I don't wake up at six a.m. and there are days I wake up at seven and I don't meditate, I don't beat myself up. No, of course not. I mean, creating a habit isn't about beating yourself up. I mean, when it doesn't happen, but the idea is that you like the way I view it. And again, you, like you said, there's no right or wrong. This is what's right to me, <laughs> right? Is that when you like the purpose of creating a habit is to create a good habit. Like you're trying to strive for improvement. So you're going to do something and work on something regularly to improve, such mm-hmm. as, for example, going to the gym. I like, I'll take an example. I hate going to the gym. I absolutely hate it, but I know it's good for me. But then once I get used to it, and I, when I got into a habit of doing it, I actually started feeling bad not going, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that yeah. was a good habit I developed because I think it'll bring me the results that I want. Mm-hmm. Right? So sure. I think there's certain habits that have to be created. But again, it, it, you're right about it's about choice because you yeah. can choose to not do it. You can choose to not worry about it. You can choose you know, to make it a big deal or not make it a, be- a big deal. It is a choice. But a habit is something repeated daily or weekly or whatever frequency in order to achieve a certain goal. Yes, which is, again, how you create your life, by choosing. Right. If you want to be fit, of course. If you want to be fit, then, of course, you have to make a choice. If you're on a smart nap, you have to make a choice. If you want to live longer, you have to make a choice, right? And you have to start creating. If you want to have to have better relationship, you have to make a choice. And that's the thing. There, many people, they sit on two chairs, and they don't choose. They would la- rather, like I was saying, they would rather have somebody else choose for them, decide for them, give give that power to somebody else. God, tell me what to do. You know, universe, my spirit guides, whatever. I hear that all the time. I'm like, how about you choose? Forget about anybody else, like politicians, your parents, whatever. But many people are afraid of making that choice. They're afraid of what they would give up, and which is med- mediocrity. But that is a choice. I mean, you're allow- you're choosing to let someone else dictate what happens to your life. You know, things happen to you. Not choosing is also a choice. That's what I mean, right? So you're either choosing, like, your your choice is either, you know, choosing for you or something's happening for you or something happening to you. And based on your choices, which one it is. Not making the choice, you're Mm -hmm. letting things happen to you. Which, again, kind of is going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, disempowerment. How many ways have we disempowered ourselves since our childhood? We've given other people so much power over us, but making a choice is scary because we don't know what it feels like to actually stand up and just say enough, enough. I'm going to start saying no so I can start saying yes to me. And it took me also a few years uh, time to actually get up because many people are too afraid what it means like to really be setting yourself loose and stepping into your power 
They're afraid of their own power. They're afraid of their choice. They're afraid of making mistakes. They're afraid of being punished. They're afraid of not being loved. There are just so many fears, so many fears. And definitely that's something that I was going through for a long, long time. Even though I'm quite like, I'm still an action taker and make my decisions and such, but still it was hard um, fighting the fear. Right. That's true. Yeah, well, exactly. No, no, whatever I fear the most, that's what I need to do. Because I know great breakthroughs are behind that fear. Behind that fear. Every time I'm somewhere standing just in front of a cliff and I know it's time to jump and I know I have a choice to go back, back to safety or jump. I know if I jump, I'll up level. And right. I'm getting addicted to that up leveling. And what else can I create? What else can I experience? What else can I choose? What else can, well, what else can I bring into my life? Yeah. Well, you know, again, it goes back to what I'm saying with the um, business being up and down, right? Yeah. So just like I asked you before, there's certain struggles. How did you overcome them? But now I'm going to ask you the opposite. There's points in time where things are going the way we expect them to go or better. What was the moment you had where you go, aha, you know what? I'm in the right spot. I made the right choice. You know, every time I do these things, I share my message, I talk to people, I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to do. You just know you're in the right place, saying the right things, doing the right things. And that's when, when you have those moments at least once a day, when you're just like, I, meant, I was meant to be here. I was meant to have this conversation with you. And I'm learning something and you're learning something. And maybe the listeners are learning something too. And you just know, this is, this is what I was made for. And I'm good at it. It's just literally, literally at the end of the day saying, I'm so good at it. I, this was awesome. Like I was in the flow. I nailed it. This was great. And when you have more and more of those moments where you're just like, wow, I'm so awesome. Like I am freaking amazing. Like this was awesome. When I have those moments and I have them most days, then I know, okay, this is, I'm in the right spot, doing the right things. Whatever challenges are coming my way, I, I can handle everything. No matter how hard it gets, I'm still going to be around tomorrow. I'm still going to be here. And all those challenges, they're just helping me. They're just adding another story to my repertoire of all the stories that I have that I can tell, that I can write a book about. This is what makes me interesting. These are the things that I can help others with because I get to figure it out. Life was never meant, you know, life is not suffering, right? It's not suffering, but life never meant to be super easy and super smooth, right? When life gets too easy, probably it's time to check out. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the death is near. I don't know. But when I know I have challenges and I'm going through them and I, I, I level, then I know I'm still growing. I'm still alive. And once you overcome the next hurdle, the next challenge, you're like, I've grown, I've grown, like, when this comes my way next time, this is going to be like easy peasy. Right. Right. That makes sense. I, um, yeah, I believe in uh, gratitude, right? I mean, you have to appreciate where you are today. And uh, I believe in celebrating every win, like every, even if it's a little one, because if you celebrate every win, you're always in that positive mindset. Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, I've struggled so long, for so long actually celebrating my wins and celebrating success and allowing success, allowing prosperity, allowing things to be easy. Just allow. We're just so used to life has to be hard and we don't deserve and, you know, shit happens and it's okay. Shit, shit can happen, but good things cannot happen. 
like how how just not allowing this not receiving not accepting not being comfortable with it we're just so conditioned to life has to be bad it's okay if another shitty day it's okay it's okay i'm so used to it we're so used to mediocrity we're so used to challenges we're so used to things being just bad and just things having it easy and things happening and succeeding it's so new it's so scary that's why we self-sabotage so much it's so scary and we we knock ourselves down we're the first to sabotage oh my god i'm making finding the money i've always wanted yay my mind is breaking down <laughs> or something else is breaking down or somehow we we create chaos in our lives again because that's where we feel comfortable sitting in the mud sitting in the cows having all those difficulties relationship troubles so used to it and so conditioned that right. how can we create those habits and yes gratitude is a good habit going back to the habits um, like just feeling noticing throughout the day all the amazing things that that went, went on this day not just the bad bad things but the good things oh somebody gave me their parking lot or um, my mother called or oh, there was some money oh any client or this or oh, somebody sent me a nice message somebody congratulating me for my birthday whatever it's just noticing paying attention to having some sort of gratitude journal I actually had to buy a gratitude journal so i can keep track of all the good things that happened my way and that's how you slowly 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 polarize yourself and seeing just the good things so it's no longer um half, half full it's or half empty right right, right. conditioning yourself or training educating acclimatizing isn't it that word acclimatizing to the to the new reality yeah 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 you're right absolutely so i agree with you there and that's the thing right it's what can i say right i mean like it, it goes back to what we all we've been saying this whole podcast it starts with the mind and then it builds out everywhere else and perhaps so one suggestion that i can make um yes. here some of the tools that you can start doing today I highly advise if you're not doing this, start journaling, start really journaling. I uh, picked up this, I was journaling throughout my entire life, but ever since I can write. But basically, um, in the last two years, I read a book called uh, The Artist's Way. And it's one of the most excellent ways to actually unleash and unlock the creative potentials that you have. And it's part of this, that kind of like idea of know thyself. And what you can do is actually, you can start journaling and what the book says is write three pages every single day. And it's not about I did this, I did that, I went this here, I went there. It's more about checking in with your whole, with your inner world, with who you are, and writing from that space, you know, in the morning. Sometimes I write half a page, sometimes I write five pages, depending on how I feel. It's not about like beating yourself up or I didn't do three pages. But basically, it's checking in and writing from that kind of like emotion uh, that you're feeling, whatever the predominant emotion is right now. And writing it out and giving it voice, space, place to tell you its story. Because all the skeletons that you feel fear facing that are kind of like occupying your space for a long, long time, I was afraid of staying with, along with my mind for even five minutes. I kept myself so busy. I was reading occupied all the time because I was so scared of my own mind. I was so afraid of what's swimming in it. And when I started doing, of course, you know, I was doing all kinds of other processes such as meditation. But basically in the last two years when I started checking in with my mind and, and giving that energy a voice, like tell me, like I'm angry. Okay, what am I angry with about? Is it because somebody cut me on the road or because, I, I don't know, I, I had an argument with my mother because she said the certain things and that triggered something in me. 
And for the first half a year, so I was just ranting on the pages. I was just like, the sky is too blue, the sun is too round, whatever it is. And I was just like complaining about this and that. And my coffee doesn't taste good. And it's just this little stupid things that consume so much of our energy because they distract the brain. The brain is such a beautiful, beautiful, incredible tool. And it's trying so hard to read all those contents of the body, of the energy body, and give, giving you that printout. And that's why you have, you have that monkey mind. But actually, a lot of it is just nonsense. It doesn't make sense thinking about it. And by writing it out, it's like 100 little flies buzzing around in your head all the time. And it's kind of, kind of like, like catching the fly. Okay, tell me a story. Why are you here? What do you want from me? Like, tell me. And then writing that, okay, I'm angry, I'm pissed, I'm resentful, I'm upset, I'm this and that. And maybe for the first half of you, maybe for the first one year, that's all you're going to do, just ranting, 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 ranting. But guess what? Once you looked at it, it told you its story. It's no longer there. It goes away. You've unraveled that energy. It, it dissolves. It goes away. And look at your mind like as if it was a room with thousands and thousands of pieces of clothes. And it's a chaos. Everything is just in chaos. And that's why our memories are bad, because how are you supposed to find anything in that cows and consuming more and more information? That's why it doesn't work, because you're just adding more to your pile. And by actually sitting down and writing it out, it's like picking up the piece of cloth, looking at it. OK, what's going on? Tell me a story. And then you choose. Do you fold it, put it on a shelf, or do you actually throw it, throw it away? I don't need you anymore. Done. And how many of those stupid things do we have in our mind? Like when I did my Vipassana, I was worrying about a boyfriend I had 10 years ago. I mean, what relevance does that have on my life now? I mean, nothing. It's just clocking my, my, my space. You know, it's just occupying, feeding on my energy. Energy that I don't have available. That's why we are so tired. It's that energy that we don't have available to live our lives, to make choices. To That's why cleaning up, start with that. And one of the side effects that I realized after journaling for two years is not only my mind is very, very quiet, and I can be fully present here. This is the only thing that matters. I don't have 100 people shouting at me all the time. You got to do this. You got to do this. And you forgot next week. I'm ex-boyfriend and mother and whatever. That's how most people's minds are. And that's how, for a long time, my mind was as well. Now it's just pure peace. And another side effect of it is that memory has improved. Why? Because the mind is organized. Many people think, Okay, my, my desk is a mess. Let me organize it. And then somehow magically my mind is going to become organized. I was watching this documentary about people who have extremely um, uh, extreme memories. They have like photographic memories. They remember every single day of their lives. And one thing, of course, there is, there is some part of the brain that's larger than, than an average person. But one of the side effects of that is that they're extremely organized in their life. Like they're... they're Houses are impeccable. Everything is on its rightful place. And it's not like OCD type of thing, but it's because it's a reflection. Organized life is a reflection of an organized mind. If your, if your life is in chaos, you cannot find anything. You cannot remember anything. It's a reflection of your mind. By journaling, by, by looking at all those emotions, by dissolving it, you have more space finally to start thinking. And your mind gets organized. You can find everything better. That's why my memory is better than it ever was. And I didn't have to do any courses. That's interesting. I, um, yeah, like, especially uh, like, wow. Yeah. Like my memory used to be uh, really good. For example, you, if you wrote down, if you wrote down your bank card number right now, 
or your credit card number and you showed it to me for about three seconds, like three seconds or long enough that I can actually fully read it, then ask me what it was in 10 years from now, I would be able to remember it. Mm -hmm. um, as I got older, that changed. But <laughs> when I was like, yeah, even in my 20s, I remember when I used to have my uh, business, my uh, marketing business and uh, customers would come by to uh, pay. And they're like, oh, credit card. I go, oh, okay, same one as last time? Yeah. And they just see me punching it in. They're looking at it and going, I didn't even give you the card. I, I didn't need it. It's in my head. I remembered. Right? Like, and uh, it, it, it freaked some of them out, right? Going, holy crap, just by seeing it before I remembered what it was. Right? Like, um, and I was like that. There's a lot of things in my past that I just close my eyes and I can venture through something as if I'm right there. You know what I mean? Like, right there, like right now. Probably two um, things happen to you is you accumulated a lot of junk. It's like your hard drive, computer, perfect example. A lot of junk. And that junk is clouding your mind now. You cannot find what you need anymore as easily as you used to. And as we get older, we had a lot, a lot of junk files in our, a lot of open tabs and whatnot. And they're still occupying our brain. And our brain is the most stressed organ in the body. It keeps so hard to keep like track of everything. And then we, we don't get to sleep anymore as well as we used to sleep because our, our brain never gets to wind down. And then the second thing probably that happened is what I was saying, energy start crystallizing, they start hardening. That's why the mind is not as fluidic and as flexible. Probably if you tuned in, it kind of like felt into your mind and compared it to how your mind felt before. Before it was maybe like a, like a feather, very light, very light, very flexible. And now it's more like, like a rock like like hard and kind of like heavy and, and and just sitting on top and it's kind of like you're trying to navigate that somehow live life but it's no longer as what it used to be it's kind of like no longer working to your advantage and there's a lot that you can do to actually take your mind to the state that it used to be before don't just assume that this is it I'm, I'm, I've gotten older shit happens everybody goes to that and that's the way it is. Maybe that's my whole purpose in life. Maybe that's why I was born, just to kind of like bring home that message. You can turn, turn things around. If I can, you can. Right. There are tools, techniques that I picked up, and that's what I coach around, introduce in my trainings, follow me on YouTube as well. I, I, I talk about these things. I talk about the mind, what's happening. I experimented a lot in my mind. And we, our mind becomes our own lab laboratory. And that's the next frontier. The mind and brain, brain hacking age. It's all about what can you, can you dive into your mind and what can you bring back? It's our access to the universe, our access to divine consciousness, super consciousness, all those different consciousness levels that uh, you know, psychology talks about. And it's all about going within right. and bring something out. Makes sense. So, so I'm, curious. I'm curious. What else you have swimming in your mind? What else can you do with your mind? What you could do before, you can do again. What Einstein could do, you can do. How can you do it? The only question is how. Not about whether I was born this way, he was born this way, that's the way, to, the way it is. If there is this super smart person around you, if he can do it, how can I find a way to get there? Because he shows me that's possible or she shows me that's possible. That's how I became, the, I call myself the happiest person I know because I was looking at all those happy people around me and I was be like, okay, I'm depressed and I was depressed and maybe not very positive person from the get-go since I was born, but these people are happy and smiley and fun and, and joyful and full of energy. 
If they can do it, how can I do it? And I was like, I was taking them as an example. They show me the possibility. They show me the potential, human potential. And they inspired me to strive, to figure out, to find ways to get where they are. And now I'm happier than they, they are. And I'm like, okay, come, I, I teach you now how I, how I did it. And that's the beauty of it. The same is with intelligence. If somebody is on this planet as a genius, how did they do this? I don't buy into this whole thing that this is just the way we were born. I think they did something. We passed lives some, somewhere before. They did something to be who they are, to get where they are. And if they can do it, I can do it. How? That makes sense. I get it. And the more so, you ask the question how, the more ideas will flow, opportunities will come, people will come tell you, books will drop into your lap. Just start asking that question. If you ask, you shall receive. Makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah, yeah I, I can tell you like to read a lot. So how many books do you read each year? Usually I read like five, six, ten at the same time. So I don't know how, how many do at, the I read time, wow. at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like that, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to read many, many books at the same time. And uh, I enjoy it. I can't just like stick with one book and read it for three months. No, I have to read all of them at the same time because different moods, different I mean, different states of mind. Sometimes I feel like this, sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes this book calls to me, sometimes that book calls to me. I don't know, maybe hundreds, 100, 200 books a year. I don't know. Wow. And that's another beautiful thing. The more your mind gets organized, and your, your um, mind cleans, clears up, the way you read books changes. Like, and I tried doing th those speed reading courses in the past, and they did, never didn't work for, for me. I mean, if your mind is like a rock, everything is hard, it's very hard for you to read fast or, or, or just think fast or memorize fast. But now that my mind became so much more fluidic, what's happening is that I read this before, you know, incredibly smart people, they often say, when they read a book, they actually watch it like a movie. To them, the book reveals itself in images. And I was, was always curious, how can that be? You're reading words, and I was stuck on words. But then the more I clean up my mind, automatically, without doing any speed reading courses, just the way I read a book, it's like watching a movie. I'm, I'm reading the energy of the book. It's not about the words. It's about what those words mean. And that's why the way... You, you remember the book, it goes deeper because it's not only about reading, but it's seeing and, and it's feeling what those words mean. You feel the book. It's an, it's, you're engaging in that energy of the, of the author, of the, of the content, of whatever it's trying to do. And it goes so much deeper because it's almost like an experiential experience um, that, that you start having with that book. And it started happening to me maybe, maybe for the last half a year, one year or so. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's an interesting thing. Again, it's just a side effect of a mind that is organized and clean, of a mind that is not wrapped up in emotions, but actually clean. There is peace and there is, there is healing. There is, there is um, calmness and happiness and joy. And it frees up the energy so that you're no longer living your life in this space. Like a lot of our emotions, fears, anger, everything is happening kind of like in this area of the body but actually you start living more in this space. And you might say, okay, well, many men are very mental. They're all living in that space. No, a lot of men, they just cut themselves off from their emotions. There are all kinds of sharks swimming in their, in their tank, but they're not looking at it, like holding their head about the, the water. I see no sharks, I see no sharks. Everything is, is awesome in my, in my perfect world. 
but they're still eating your life, all those shards. So it's not about that. It's actually making peace, harmonizing everything, cleaning up, cleaning up, healing yourself so that you become that completely whole entity. But then also, of course, a lot of thinking, a lot of your, your life is happening kind of on, in this space. And the emotions, they support that experience, but it's no longer like traumatic experience, no longer like pain. And I'm, I'm writing my book out of my pain. No, it's, it's out of your joy you write that book. Out of your joy you make that movie. Out of the, your joy you make, write that song. Out of your joy you create that. But of course, creativity is in the beginning, maybe it's going to be your pain out of which you're going to be creating. But eventually, as you journal, as you write down, as you listen to whatever stories those energies have to tell you, clean yourself up, eventually you're going to transition to higher creativity. You start creating out of that higher space that is joy, passion, creation, um, inspiration, happiness, whatever positive emotions you feel. And I think we know the difference. We know the difference when we see art that is made out of pain and we see art that is made out of joy and passion it usually tends to inspire us more it makes us feel good we want to be around it and um so yeah that's that's one of the differences that i i feel I've, I've, i'm noticing about myself makes sense see i want to uh, respect your time here i mean we've gotten to the hour mark so what i'm going to do is ask you one more question and get into a little lightning round just for a little couple minutes of fun sure so my last question is, where do people find you online? Sure, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, but also I've just finished my little ebook where I talk more about energies, mind, brain. I get it for free. It's uh, www.rinalang.com slash ebook. Go and grab the copy. There is also a little video that you can watch uh, where I talk more about like all the things I learned about energy. Some of them I mentioned today. But there's a lot more information. I have also a YouTube channel. Go to that link, minalang.com slash ebook. All my social media handles, you will find them at the bottom of the page. How to find my YouTube channel. I, I have a, my, my little podcast as well, where I go live uh, by myself or with other guest speakers and talk all about mind and brain. And yeah, I have also a Facebook group. Join my Facebook group. All the links are also there. And um, become part of my community and learn more about the mind and the brain. Start taking your, uh, care of your mind and the brain now. Do never, ever give up on your mind and brain. Never. No matter the age. Debarn those myths about the age and the brain and the mind. It doesn't have to break down. It doesn't have to be the way it is for other people. You get to choose what's happening with your mind and brain. Fantastic. Um, now, to get into the lightning round, just a little fun. I'm going to ask you some questions like what your favorite food is. Ah, my favorite food. I lived in Asia for a long, long time. So my favorite food would be something like ramen, sushi, things like that. Oh, oh, very good choices. I like sushi too. Yeah, uh, delicious. And I'm vegetarian, so these days there are so many vegetarian awesome options. I'm so happy. That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Um, how about your, uh, I would say, what's your favorite vacation spot? My favorite country on the planet is Mexico. That's why I'm here again. And so I always love coming here. Any 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 place in Mexico. Mexico has so many beautiful places. I also love Brazil. So this, like, there is a, they're very close by, but Mexico would be always my favorite yeah. That's good. That's interesting. Okay, it makes sense why you're there. All that, that that makes total sense. I gotta make my way out there too one day. Like it's sure. keeps saying. some nice food is great. Weather is nice. Sun is shining. Life is easy. Yeah, it's true. Now, favorite podcast. 
favorite podcast. Actually, I'm learning Portuguese now, so there are a couple of my favorite pod podcasts that I'm listening to because um, they explain to me all about Brazil and such, and it's all Portuguese. So there are a couple of them. Uh, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't want to pinpoint one of them above the other. So usually right, right. it's just Portuguese. Podcasts, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, that makes sense. And lastly, I would say, what's your uh, favorite book? Although I kind of have an idea what you're going to say. Ah, favorite book. Lately, I really enjoy, um, and I've read it many, many times, is um, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Anybody who is a business owner, get your hands on that book. To me, I read it once a year, every year. Get the audiobook. It's amazing. Get the audiobook. And I think any business owner should read the book because it really sets you up for success. It really sets you up for success. Such a great read. Always get inspired. Always get new ideas. It sets straightens, straightens me out. Whenever I get too stressed, too, too bogged down by something, lose my perspective, lose my goal, lose my, my purpose, what, whatever is happening in my world, when I read that book, it's like there is just one thing that matters, and it's creating and experiencing my creations. Beautiful book, read it. Fantastic. I want to say thank you for being on the show. It's been incredible. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. If you like this episode and you want to see more, subscribe to the link below.